been slacking. So hard. All you had to do was start. Start the timer. Have you ever watched the movie The Kingdom of Heaven? No, I haven't. Have you? I have watched the movie The Kingdom of Heaven. It's about Orlando Bloom on the Crusades. Really? What do you think about the Crusades? I don't know too much about them, so I don't really have like. Do you know that there was something called the Children's Crusade? Literally, the Catholic Church whipped up such a frenzy about taking back the Promised Land that a bunch of kids got super excited and like all gathered to form a crusade, and they all got captured and and sold into slavery. That's so wild. It's like a pretty sad story. However, The Kingdom of Heaven is a great movie, very violent, but a great movie. The main actor is Orlando Bloom. So, favorite Orlando Bloom moments? Go. Your all of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? So good. Favorite Orlando Bloom moment is in Lord of the Rings when he rides an orc shield, like a skateboard, down the steps of Helm's Deep. Gee. With the blonde blowing hair. Do you know that Orlando Bloom wasn't supposed to be in the Hobbit movies? Really? He literally phoned the director and was like, I want to put the wig back on. Can you get me in? And they wrote parts to him. Because in the original author, mm. uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, didn't write Legolas into those books. That's crazy. So, we're talking about heaven. Our series, Heaven. Last week, we spoke about the king. Oh, our series is Kingdom. Yes. Last week, we spoke about the kingdom of heaven. Mm. The movie's called The Kingdom of Heaven. Everything is meeting for people. Now we're talking about the kingdom that's not heaven. Wow. Hell. What does that mean? It's a kingdom that's not heaven. It's right, right there. But here's what I want to know. What's the most hellish thing that's ever happened to you? Your grade 8 camp. Grade 8 camp? It was, it was wild. What happened to grade 8 camp? Even Jared's agreeing with me. I don't understand. What does that mean? Why is grade 8 camp it's so bad? It's just a tough weekend. Oh, is this because you're, like, you're indoctrinated? What do you call it? Into well, school? It's like an induction, basically. And you do a bunch of activities and exercises and like wake up at the most random hours of the morning to go run up Gardens. So it's just, it's, it's a tough weekend. You're saying with a smile on your face though, so I'm not really sure if you hated it or not. I mean, good memories, but you're in the moment. See, this is the part where I went to a small school and I was homeschooled, so I don't understand the whole like orientation, induction. What do you call that thing? Orientation, yeah. You call it orientation. I do not understand that because I never experienced it. And to me, it's greatly offensive that you put anyone through immense amounts of pain that scars them. But it feels like it's like. But you're we, also the same person that'll be like, guys bond together over physical activities. Yeah, we do, <laughs> but I just don't understand. Like, so, like, when people get beaten up with like cricket bats and stuff, I don't understand these things, you know? No, they make you run up and down the dunes and then make you, like, roll into the, into the river. See, that all sounds fun to me. I feel like great Not at like 3 o'clock in the morning after you've eaten, like, a bunch of chili powder. <laughs> chili powder? Yeah. You had to eat chili powder. Something like that. I can't go into the full details. It's moments it. like this. <laughs> I, can't get, I cannot disclose. I can either confirm or deny. <laughs> Did Gray make you sign a non-disclosure agreement? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> the most hellish thing that ever happened to me, cycling down a hill flat out, trying to catch the guy in front of me. Oh, no. Bunny hopped a log. As I'm going <laughs> over the log, my foot comes out of my pedal and goes into my front wheel. Gets jammed between the, sm- the spokes and the fork of my bicycle. Yeah. I go over the handlebars. Still, it's still in the air, flying like through the air, and just I just skid for like 20 meters down the gravel. And you just saw it all coming. I just lost all the skin on the front of my body, my elbows, my knees. Oh. It was brutal. That's painful. The thing is, it was a two-day race. And you still rode the next so day. So I rode the next day, and I didn't let my parents know how bad my injuries were because I was scared they weren't going to let me race. So it started healing over by the mm. third day oh, when I eventually like got to the doctor. So then the nurse 
like at the doctor's office, said this is gonna hurt like hell and just scrubbed that wound, like to get all the gravel out of it. It was the, and they didn't mean like painkillers or anything, it was the worst experience in my yeah. life. So, fun group question. What's the most hellish thing that's ever happened to you? Go. Ben, I think it's so important that if we're going to be speaking about heaven and, and the importance of the gospel of heaven, we've got to understand the other side of it as well. Sure. And the other side of that is hell. Yeah. And so we want to open it up and say, why is there hell? That's a really good question. Why would a good God create hell? Mm. And I think there's two answers to that question. And the first answer is for justice. Like, you want to know that if someone's done wrong to you, that there's a prison that they're going to get locked up into. And so you think hell is cruel or hell is evil until you've had injustice done to you and you actually want to know that there's going to be justice for this person. Sure. Like, we all believe that child rapists and murderers and people that have done great wrong should have justice weighed in on them. And so that's the first one. And the second one is this. Our God is a God of freedom. He gives everyone the freedom to choose. Yeah. And so if we go like right back to the beginning, um, there were three archangels, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. And Gabriel um, is uh, like God's messenger angel. He's the one that was sent to Mary. Mm. Then we have Michael, the commander of God's armies. And we had Lucifer, and he was Lord of worship. And so his job was to take all worship and direct it towards God. And he was so used to receiving worship that he began to think he should be greater than God. Sure. And he should be worshipped instead. And uh, God couldn't have someone who considered himself greater than God in heaven because the whole structure would go out and there's nothing that can compare to God. So God said to Lucifer, um, if you want your own kingdom, like if you want, I can give you that, but you can't be a part of mine. And so he literally created a place where people could be free from the presence of God. And that's what we would call hell. It's kind of like there's no such thing as darkness. Sure. There's only the absence of light. Yeah. And so hell is the place where God is not. Wow. And so because people need the freedom to choose to not be in the presence of God, there has to be a place where they can go. And that's hell. Sure. Yeah, I love what you had to say because there's this idea that, that hell is the adversary of, of heaven. Yeah. And so we, we want to know in that sense, like how does that work in terms of earth? Super. So, so I don't believe hell is the adversary of heaven. Okay. Because darkness is not the adversary of light. It's the... Because if there's darkness and you light a match, suddenly there's light. Mm. Like it's so much darkness, but such a little bit of light makes such a difference. And I think like heaven is not even, uh, hell is not even competition for heaven. Like heaven wins every time. But in God's goodness and kindness and the freedom of choice, he gives us the freedom to choose not to be in his presence. And that would be hell. And so how does earth interact with that? Well, big story. But basically God created earth and he called everything perfect. But he gave Adam and Eve choice. And they chose to not obey God. And because God had given them authority on earth, they allowed the evil realm, the devil's realm, hell, entry onto earth. So now we have 
now Adam and Eve, the rightful rulers of earth, gave access to hell to earth. And so now there is hell on earth. And the only time that that was dealt with was when Jesus came on the cross. Because yeah. everyone gets a choice. Do they want to live in God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, or do they want to live in the devil's kingdom, the kingdom of hell? And we all live in that choice. So what you're saying is it's a willingly choosing not Jesus. Willingly choosing not Jesus. But yes, I think he has the very interesting part about hell. No one is good enough for heaven because God is all perfect. Mm. So if God is all perfect and we aren't perfect, when we come into contact with something that's perfect, we are inadequate and we can't be let in. And so that's the great human problem. Sure. I think this is a good point where we can ask the first question. Jump into it. First question is, do you think God is cruel for creating hell? Yeah, that's a great question to discuss because we need to figure out what we believe about God. And we either believe that um, God is cruel and he wants people to go to hell. Um, or we say, and we're going to answer this in the next question, so I mustn't let too much away. Yeah. Or we say, over my dead body, would anyone go to hell? Mm. So discuss in your groups, like, why do you think God created hell? So here is the dilemma we face, is that there is this human problem. What's the human problem? The human problem is that, like it says in Romans 7 verse 15, it says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Yeah. And so there's this tension between us that we want to do good, but when, we, when, when the opportunity comes, we don't choose to do good. Yeah. But when we don't want to do good, or when we don't want to do bad, or when we don't want to do bad, sometimes we choose to do bad because of, our, of the nature of sin. And sometimes it doesn't even feel like a choice. Sometimes it feels like it's something that just happens to us. Like we suddenly find ourselves doing something we never wanted to do. Uh, and that's, that, that issue is what we call sin. It, it, it is man's uh, inability to be perfect. Yeah. And sin is literally, the definition of sin means missing the mark. Yeah. It means like if the mark is, if you compare anything to God and God's the mark and he's perfect, no matter how we live our lives, we keep seeming, seeming to miss that mark. Because whether it's in our thoughts or our actions, we always end up hurting people, um, damaging situations around us, thinking bad thoughts, doing evil things, and that, that is sin. That's yeah. the human condition. Yeah. And I think it's important to know that sin has consequences. What's the consequences of sin? Sin separates us from God. And separation from God results in death. But it's not just that, but it also means that we are not in the presence of God. Yeah. And so when we speak, remember we spoke about how sin, I mean, how hell is the absence of the presence of God. Yeah. And so that's, that's the place where hell somewhat operates in, yeah. is where we sin. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And, uh, and sin, sin ultimately comes from the fact that like, we, God gave us choice and free will. And in our choice and our imperfection as humans, we end up choosing badly. And so God gave a place for everyone who does that to go, and that's hell. And so uh, hell can be seen as like a place of punishment for those who've sinned. 
Um, and hell can be seen as a place where people who choose not to be in the presence of God go, like Satan, yeah. chose not. Now, Jesus didn't want anyone to go to hell. It's not Jesus' heart for anyone to go to hell. Like, Jesus so badly didn't want anyone to go to hell that he said, over my dead body will sure. you go to hell. But we still have people that choose to step over the dead body of Jesus and say, I don't want to live according to your way. I want to, I'd rather do my own thing. You had a great analogy earlier, I think C.S. Lewis. Yes, C.S. Lewis tells a story about a man who is rich and powerful, but he's also at the same time really mean and abusive. And so it's, it's this idea of forgiveness of evil or condoning of evil. No, no, you quoted that thing, you quoted that thing to me where um, uh, C.S. Lewis said, a man kneels before God and says, my way, what, your will be done. If man doesn't kneel before God, then God looks at man and says, okay, your will be done. And if you choose to go to hell. Was that not your quote? No, that was not my quote. <laughs> That's a really great picture in my mind though. Like, we either come to God and we kneel before him and say, your will be done. And then we're in heaven. But if we choose to stand and not kneel before God's will, then God will say to us, okay, your will be done. You do what you want to do. And that ends up resulting in us going to hell. That's, that's rough. So, here's a very interesting question. Is there hell on earth? If there's heaven on earth, if us as Christians have the power to bring heaven to earth, is there hell on earth? I don't know, because on the one hand, hell has been destroyed because of the cross. Yeah. But it says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. And so there, there's this tension for me, because in, on one hand, I believe if, if people choose to interact with hell and, and the devil, then yes, the devil and, and hell is a real big reality that operates here. And so, yeah, the adversary is always going to come and try and kill, steal, and destroy us. And so people who choose that, to choose to partner with that, will in essence partner with that idea of kill, steal, and destroy heaven's plans. I think I love your word partner. So when God, gave, when he created Adam and Eve, he gave them authority over the earth. And he said, here's earth, it's your domain. I'm giving you responsibility. You multiply and subdue it. And then Adam and Eve, as, as king and queen of earth, gave authority to Satan over earth and let Satan in. Then Jesus came and he won back authority. Yeah. He literally, literally went into hell and he took back authority. And then he said to his church, it's yours. I'll give you authority back again. And so when people partner with heaven, they bring heaven to earth. Yeah. And we have the power to do that. But also, because we have freedom of choice, we have the ability to partner with the kingdom of darkness and bring darkness onto the earth. And so there is hell on earth. But I, I think more than that, because um, the earth is fallen and broken, there are people that experience hell on earth. They experience sickness. Mm. Um, they experience pain. People have gone through the most like, tragic events. And so you could say that they're experiencing hell on earth. So Jesus does, just doesn't want to save people from eternal hell. He actually wants to save them from hell on earth right now, yeah. which is why we see Jesus going around cleansing lepers, healing the sick and helping poor people, because they were experiencing hell on earth. Sure. So, uh, here's the question we want you to discuss really quickly. Where do you see evil in your school, your city, your country? Like, where do you see evil? And uh, we've got a couple other questions you guys can chat about in group time. Just check it out in the comments.
Ben. Do you know what time it is? <gasps> it's the time for the big, big question, question segment. <laughs> and this week's big question is, if I sin, am I going to hell? That's a great question. And I think one of the best ways to answer it is, if you speak closer, does that make you a a closer? Sure. I mean, anybody can speak it if they put it to it, but I could, I'm, I'm English. So who goes to hell? People go, who go to hell don't have relationship with Jesus. Okay. So just because I can speak a language doesn't mean I'm of the race or tribe that speaks that language. Oh, that makes sense. So when you're saved by Jesus, Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Yeah. Which means that you're saved. You're no longer a sinner. You're now a saint. Sure. But you now know that even though we're in a relationship with Jesus and even though we're saved, we still sin. But I'm, but I'm not a sinner. I'm a saint that sometimes sins. Sure. And so in Christianity, they often say, you're a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner. I am saved by grace, but I'm now a saint who sometimes sins. So, if you sin, you only go to hell if you're not in a relationship with Jesus. If you're in a relationship with Jesus, his grace and righteousness covers you. And, uh, and it's important to determ- determine the difference between people. Like, who goes to heaven? People in a relationship with Jesus. Who, d- who goes to hell? People that don't have a relationship with Jesus. That's a big question. Like, we can talk about that more another time, but... That's a big question. How do you determine who has a relationship with Jesus? So then what happens if I die? What happens when you die? Well, if you have a relationship with Jesus, like there's a story of Jesus on the cross. I don't know if you remember that. And Jesus turns and there's a thief next to him. And the thief would go to hell, right? But the, the, the other thief starts to tease Jesus. And the other one says to him, wait, don't tease this man. Like he's righteous. Like we deserve to be here. He doesn't. And Jesus takes that as him acknowledging who Jesus is. So Jesus turns and says to him, by tonight, you will be with me in paradise. So just in that moment, the the sinner, the thief who was on the cross gets saved. And so you and I, who believe in Jesus and confess him as Lord, we go to paradise. Sure, and you mentioned a a key word there, righteous. That means to be in right standing with God. Yeah. And it's impossible to be in right standing with God without the blood of Jesus. Because yeah. only, only God is good enough to, up, to uphold God's standard. Yeah. Like nothing else is good enough. Because even in the Old Testament, it speaks, when, when Moses brought the laws, like the laws came to show that we were not perfect, that we can't match God's standard. We can't even get to it. We will never be able to reach it. Yeah. And so we needed Jesus to come and reset the standard for us to be able to be in relationship with God and to be in right standing with God. Yeah. And that's accessible to everyone. Everyone has that choice. And you literally just need to confess and you can save in a moment. You can, be, you can have lived the worst life and on your deathbed, you can confess Jesus Christ as Lord and your heart believe. You can't just say it. You actually have to believe it in your heart and Jesus will save you, like with the thief on the cross. However, 
If you choose to step over the dead body of Jesus, if you choose to step over him and say, I do not want relationship with you, I'm turning away from you, and you choose hell, then that's where you go when you die. You end up in hell. Sure. But I do believe that Jesus gives everyone the opportunity to choose him and that there's no one who will die. There's, no, there's going to be no one in hell who shouldn't be there. I believe that. Like, he's a just God. He's a good God. And there's going to be no one there that shouldn't be there. Everyone who's there is going to have chosen to be there. Mm. And everyone who's in heaven is going to have chosen to be there. Yeah. And, and to be saved, you have a beautiful story about a speeding ticket. Great analogy. So um, if you're driving down the road and you're speeding, and I'm a police cop and I stop you and I give you a fine, and then later on you're in court. Um, and in, in the courts of law, the judge says, Jared, you were speeding. It was very dangerous. I'm going to give you a fine. And I'm going to... I'm going to um, charge you a thousand rand. But then your mom jumps up and says like, no, no, I'll pay the fine. You know, that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus jumped up and said, they've all committed a sin. I'll pay the fine and I will make, I will take on the blame. So when the judge looks at you, Jared, he doesn't see someone who's sped because he, he took, he, he meted out ju justice on your mom. And that's a really great picture of what it looks like for Jesus to save us. But once we're saved, you know, we still sometimes sin. Then you don't need someone to take your place because you're already seen as righteous in the court of law. Now you need a lawyer that's going to argue on your behalf. And that's why Paul calls Jesus our advocate. So Jesus literally becomes the judge, the advocate, and the person that gets convicted. It's wild. Jesus does it all. So if you guys have any further questions on this topic, you can shoot myself or Ben a message, or you can even go onto our Anchor app and shoot us a voice note there asking us your question for the week because we love answering your questions and that's what the big question segment is all about big question segment let's land it there